Welcome to the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your strategic HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Okay, let's get started. Thank you, listeners, for joining today, the podcast with FutureSolve. We have a great person with us today that we're going to be interviewing, and that's Jane Miller. Jane is a board member here at FutureSolve and also has been a successful CEO for many companies and today holds the role of CEO at Rudy's and has been CEO of Lily's Chocolate, which was acquired by Hershey's. And we are very excited to hear from her on how she is today supporting leaders on HR topics and people topics and what she's passionate about. So Jane, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Andy. I'm excited to be here and anxious to maybe talk about things that might be interesting to your listeners. So I'm ready to go when you are. Yeah. Give us a little bit more about maybe a snapshot of background about you and how you started and how you transitioned to the roles that you're in today. We'd love to give our listeners some background. Great. Thanks. Given that I'm about 100 years old, Ah, this might take a while. No, seriously, I have been in the food business for almost 40 years. And the first 25 years was with big consumer products companies. So I started my career with PepsiCo, specifically in the Frito-Lay division. I rose to be the first female president at Frito-Lay. I went from there to run a division of Best Foods Baking, which has been sold many times. But back then, you would maybe know the brands Aura Wheat, which is a bread brand that's mainly on the West Coast, Brownberry, which is a bread brand that's in the Midwest, and Thomas English Muffins, which I think everybody knows, and Intamin's Cakes. So I ran that business until it was sold a couple of times, went from there to Heinz, and I was the chief growth officer for Heinz based in Pittsburgh. And then I was the president of the UK and Ireland based in London for Heinz. And then I came back to the US and was part of a team that got hostess out of bankruptcy for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that's the first 25 years. And the last 15 have been in the natural products industry. My first role there was to be the CEO of Rudy's Bakery. And I sold that about eight and a half years ago to a strategic called Haynes Celestial. Then I went on from there. I did two failed startups in the food space. And then, as you mentioned, I had the great opportunity to be the CEO of Lily's Sweets, which was sold to Hershey's in the summer of 2021. In between what I'm doing now, which is back at Rudy's again as the CEO and super excited to be here. Eight and a half years later, I was a co-founder of a career development company called Haven. We were working on sort of solving the chicken and egg dilemma of how hard it is to get a job if you don't have experience. And so how do you kind of bridge that gap? So I would say, you know, for your audience, I've done everything from big companies to small companies to usually successful companies to failures to most recently doing another turnaround on Rudy's, which is what I had done 
you know, almost a decade ago again. So have a lot of experience with HR. And in fact, most of my most trusted confidant in all of these jobs has been my right-hand person who has usually been the chief human resources officer. And that person has really guided me from whether you're building a fast-growing company like Lily's, where we went from four employees to 50 and 18 million in sales to 130 in three years. So you're adding people really fast to a situation now where I'm at Rudy's where the business is losing money and we need to really try to understand what the staffing needs to look like and how we build up the skills of the people there. So kind of have the whole gambit. So dig in wherever you think is most interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's super interesting. And we always, you know, try to focus on also the concept of people strategy. I mean, people, I think is a strategy that everybody on the C-suite team is always thinking about. It's the resources, how we do it. It's more than just HR. And, you know, I think from what we're hearing today is it's been a big area for you as well as CEO to actually be able to manage that and have the right people strategies to do a lot of those successes that you've had. So congratulations. So I think today we wanted to talk about more about the career growth opportunities. I think as a CEO of a big company or even a small company, it's always about how do we grow our people show them a way that they actually can continue to learn and evolve and take on more in a business. And sometimes with CEOs, it's, you know, even about succession planning, as well as care pathing, where we have a way where the business can continue to grow. There's enough leaders that are rising up that could eventually take place and all of that. So what's your take on how do you see this big issue or how do you see this area of business and importance of how do we empower people to grow their careers in the companies? Yeah, that's such a great question, Andy. And it's so different in so many different companies, depending on where the size. So some of these smaller companies, it's a real challenge because there's not an obvious career path. You know, like if you're a big company and you're a manager, like, oh, I want to be a director and then I'm a director. I want to be a vice president. I'm a vice president. Then I want to, you know, be a senior vice president. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these smaller companies are much less layered and you actually sort of have to try to build the role that you've got into something that's greater as opposed to sort of moving up in the organization. And, you know, I think it is probably one of the biggest questions is how do you retain really good people in an environment where there's not an obvious career path and how do you help them kind of move along and sort of feel like they're continuing to grow and not, you know, stagnating by doing the same job. I guess where I would start with is I think people need to take ownership of their own career. That, you know, I think historically, if you sort of look to the company to be able to provide you these opportunities, I think you're going to really be missing out. And I think part of it is as a person starting your career is how do you have the intellectual curiosity to understand how the business works outside of your role? What are other people doing? How do you learn more? What are the pinch points that the CEO has or the senior management? And how do you help solve some of those? So to me, a lot of career development is kind of owning your own personal growth mm -hmm. and putting yourself in a situation where you're asking the questions and you're asking for more. Because I think if you own it and are asking those questions, somebody at the company is going to try to provide you with more opportunities. And I think early in my career, I had a lot of great role models at Frito-Lay where I started that you know, if you came to them and said, gosh, can I take this on? They would very much sort of mentor you, help you, and give you the opportunity to have more responsibility. I don't think I've ever been told in my career, 
just go stay in the box that you're in. Like, don't try to do anything. Just do the job you're doing. And the number of people that don't ask for more responsibility, that don't try to learn more, that are just waiting for somebody to to give them something, it's like so shocking to me when in fact, I think that you can continue to grow and to really support your own career by having it start from you. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. We're seeing a lot of trends with leadership before it was always about, you know, let's add leadership training and help executive leadership to be leaders. But the big trend today is how to be your own leader. I mean, everybody in any role doing any job in any company has the ability to be a leader of their own life, of their own career, of their own growth, and of the success of a business. And a way to take ownership of that and truly say, you know, I'm going to pursue the things I want. I want to ask the questions. I'm going to pursue maybe mentors or people that I can learn from and grow. Obviously, a culture of acceptance of that and and empowering of that is important in a business, but it always starts from a person. So I do agree with that and some great insights. So thank you for mentioning that, Jane. So from a roadblock perspective, let's say somebody is really curious about growing their career and they want to really, let's say they look up to you, Jane, and they want to take on what you've done in your career. What's a roadblock that you think might be there that they should be prepared for, or maybe a way to alleviate that roadblock and be able to take on that growth? So is there something they should look out for, or sometimes is a tougher part than the other ones that are easier to find and encounter? Gosh, that's such a great question. The first thing that comes to mind to me about a roadblock is perhaps having a not very strong manager who feels intimidated by the fact that you are trying to take on more responsibility. And I think I've definitely saw that in my big corporate career that you would get, unfortunately, you hate to think this is true, but you get a lot of mediocre people that are threatened by somebody who is trying to learn more, build their skills there, instead of sort of saying, I'm only going to be better as a leader if I've got amazing people under me. It's like, oh my gosh, I need to really control that person because if they try to do more, someone's going to like see that I'm not that good or whatever. And so I think probably the biggest roadblock, you know, again, is how do you be working under somebody who really promotes this environment that we want people to be intellectually curious. We want people to kind of to grow their career. And so I think, you know, if that's the roadblock that somebody is facing, I think the question probably has to be, is this the kind of company that I want to work for, first of all? I mean, and I do think, you know, one of the challenges today for all of us is there's so many choices for very qualified candidates that, you know, you have to create an environment where people feel like they want to grow. And if there are roadblocks like managers that are insecure, you need to kind of take those out of the way or you're never going to get these young, you know, and maybe not even young, just the up and coming people in the organization to sort of feel empowered to be able to grow. So I think understanding within the company, what are the roadblocks, you know, that you have. Another roadblock could just be the mentality, as I said, about a smaller company, which is I don't see like what job I can go to next. Mm -hmm. Like I don't see like that because I'm the only person that's doing this role. You know, I, I think a great example for our company would be marketing, you know, Mm -hmm. where we have a very, a one-person marketing department. So how does that person sort of feel like he can continue to grow in his career when he doesn't see that he could become the vice president of marketing, 
because there's not somebody in that role. Well, the reality is he could become a vice president of marketing from a director of marketing, from taking on more accountability, trying to take more ownership in the company. So I think sometimes our roadblocks are our own limited imagination of what can happen in the company based on what we're seeing kind of around us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that answer a lot. And if somebody, let's say, seeing some of these roadblocks, let's say we're seeing some managers that are a little bit intimidated by their team that's getting stronger and learning and aggressive growth and maybe are thinking, how do I control this person? As a CEO, have you put in place certain things that have helped that or have changed the mindset or had people look at it differently that really worked well in your experience? Yes, I would have to give my most recent experience at Lily's. And I think it was, you know, probably the biggest success in my career. And I think one of the reasons for that actually had a lot to do with my partner in HR and how we really approach performance management and people development, which is we had five very simple yet powerful company values. Mm -hmm. And we took those values and put them as a key part of the performance appraisal. Our five values were exceed expectations, embrace change, assume the best, take the high road, and win together. And I think really having people be accountable for what the values were would really not allow you to have somebody in the organization that would be holding somebody back. It'd be so transparent that they weren't building their team or they weren't really kind of living up to the values. And I think actually... You know, every company's got values and they're always on their website. Sometimes they're on T-shirts or notepads or whatever. But I think really bringing those into how people are evaluated really, I think, helps set the culture in a way that isn't just about hitting the numbers, but it really brings a lot more layers, a lot more nuance to how people show up at the workplace. Absolutely. And I'm guessing the values became something that has a lot of visibility because sometimes they're shown to employees or they don't remember them. So when it comes at something that they are living and breathing every day, I mean, the impact is so much larger. So thank you for sharing that. So from your experience today as CEO of Rudy's, what are you seeing the futures holding for people and the people changes in the industry and how should listeners prepare for it from your view? I think one of the hardest things that we're grappling with is, you know, we are actually a bakery. Mm -hmm. Where people, you know, in a world that is very virtual, you can't make bread in your kitchen and sell it. Well, you probably can, but it doesn't, not at scale. Yeah. You know, so you actually have to show up mm -hmm. at the bakery. And because of that, we actually have a culture where the executives show up too mm -hmm. and managers show up too. And I think one of our challenges is to get the best people, you cannot demand that people are going to show up and be in an office every day. I think the world, was changing a little bit. And then I think the biggest thing with COVID is this need for more flexibility for people's lifestyles. And I think, you know, when you are in a business that you need people to show up, how do you create flexibility in other ways with maybe PTO policies, maybe, you know, some sort of sabbaticals? Like, what do you do to try to enhance and get the best talent? Because I do think that that's going to be the biggest challenge of our workforce going forward is the flexibility that you need to have as an employer and the trust that you've got to have that people don't have to show up from nine to five and you need to watch and see if they're still on their computer or if there are meetings or whatever. But being able to let go of the fact 
that, you know, somebody might show up at 10 and they might leave at two, but they may be working at six in the morning until midnight, or maybe they're so good, they only need to work four hours a day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that that's our biggest challenge really is, I think especially I've done a lot of work over the last couple of years with the youngest part of millennials and now with Gen Z. And I think the expectations for what they want in their careers is so different from when I started my career 40 years ago. I mean, when I started, I just wanted to make a bunch of money. And I didn't even think, like, what was the quality of the job? Did I like what I was doing? Did I care if I had a nice boss or not? Did a ping pong table in the office make a difference? It was just kind of very different. You just showed up. And back in those days, a lot of people would work for the same company their whole career. And they would sort of be, but you know, today you would probably know the stats better than me, but I think if somebody stays at a company three years, you're kind of like excited that they put that much time into the company and you almost sort of have to have this mentality that people are going to come, they're going to go, they're going to take other opportunities. But what do we do as employers to get people to believe that the company is an important place for them? to stay and that they're an owner and they're not just a cog in a wheel. So this real sense of ownership and belonging and sort of trying to bring to life in an ever-changing world that the company brings something to you. You're not just the person that's bringing something to the company, I think is probably our biggest challenge right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, the sense of purpose and what the company's purpose is and how it plays a part in what they're doing in the world is important. You hear that a lot from, you know, Gen Zs and younger hires that want to feel like, you know, it's not just a job for money. It's something that I'm giving back and we're giving back and doing and creating. And it's always been there. It's just how we explain it and how we share it and how we deliver it and how we give them the flexibility and align with some of those new requests that is going to be a big challenge. And I think slowly we'll find answers and it's not never going to be a silver bullet, but as long as we continue listening and hearing their thoughts and seeing how we can address that would be the best way forward. So Jean, I wanted to thank you for your time today, but before we end, I wanted to also tell our listeners, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or learn more about your organization, what should they do next? So I have a career advice website called janeknows.com, and that's the best way to maybe learn more about me and the best way to get different advice that I've given. There's lots of videos and blogs and different things for someone really targeted at kind of starting your career more than anything else. So that's probably the best way. Love for you to buy Rudy's Bread, which you can get across the country in a number of different retail outlets, including Whole Foods. We would love to have you support our business in that way. But if you wanted to reach out to me anyway, I'm available at jane at janenose.com. And I'm pretty accessible and very passionate about helping the next generation of leaders. So whatever I can do, Andy, for any of your listeners, I would always love to be available and be helpful. Thank you very much, Jane. We're very excited to have you today on our podcast. Thank you for your time. And we look forward to staying in touch. And for our listeners, please stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today on the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. 
For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like, and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to make better people decisions in their business. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high-performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Thanks, and see you soon.